0: Thanks Basil, I just want to give you a bit of an insight
1: into the The Supercoach Spotlight with X and Don.
0: We're going to engage with our minds and our hearts. We're going to exchange ideas, thoughts and even our energy and to speak from your heart You need to have courage. You need to be honest and authentic. We're not always gonna get it right. And sometimes, you're not gonna agree with us. But that's okay. Because just like you, we care. Just like you, we're passionate about the game.
1: Welcome back, X. Mate, what a weekend of footy that was. Um, Obviously, a bit of heartbreak for me, which we'll we'll get into later. How did your team fare over this weekend?
2: Mate, it was was all systems go for pretty much the whole round. Um, Things went really well for me, to be honest. I my uh, VC, Lockie Neal, which uh, which wasn't the prophecy that I was hoping for, but the good thing is I rolled that into Rory Laird, who was the saviour for me this week. He's huge score of 156, doubled, um, got me to a total score of 2,226. That landed me in the top 1% um, and took me up sort of 1,600 spots in the overall ranking. So I've cracked into the top 5K, Doma, and the charge continues, which uh, was a great result for me. Uh, what about you? How would you fare this week?
1: So what's your overall rank real quick?
2: 4,650 overall this season. Yeah, nice.
1: No. You yeah, know, I felt like I, I had a good week. I think if I just nailed my captain, I'd actually would be like very solid and very happy with it. Um, but the fact that I sort of missed the captaincy, um, I ended up VCing English, which was lucky to get 99, and then rolled that into track on wait, Monday. Wait, wait,
2: wait. Hold on. Didn't you have Josh Dunkley as your top selection?
1: Yeah, look, I don't want to talk about that, mate. It was a, a selection. I should have gone with my heart there. Um, but all my other bold calls are sort of pulling off with, with Yo and Fife in the side. I thought, you know, maybe Dunkley might be the call that I got wrong this week. But just turns out I got everything right um, apart from me actually going with it. So I ended up with uh, 2071 um, and going down 520 ranks to 1904. Um, not all. Lost, as as mentioned, got a couple of good trades in with Yo and Five, and I think they should give me some good cover throughout the weeks to come. Also, Wardlaw actually was, was sneaky good too. Um, but yeah, that, that's my team. Didn't really move too much, but yeah, I'm not too happy with my captaincy choice, that's for sure.
2: Well, I'm, I'm glad you've segmented this into the captaincy, Don, because I'd love to dive into things. Obviously, we had a, a Chile on the line, um, which has increased in Spice level after last week's push. Um, I've got the results here, Dummy. looking forward to this?
1: Uh, no nah, mate, let's just let's just get into
2: them. <laughs> okay, lovely. So <laughs> the um the VC results uh, were pretty tight in this one. Uh, so the accumulated average between my three selections was 115. Um, the standout of that was Bont with 125, but nothing super special in that lot. Um, and for you, um, 112. Unfortunately. Um, if butters had got to his 200 i think you would have been safe there so i took the chockies on the vc <laughs> obviously it doesn't matter though Donnie. You only get one it doesn't matter you got to get two before the chili comes into play um so obviously you had dunks uh, which was quite a big one for you putting up 148 and having a great week um also dawson and sarong so you had an average of 117 which is not too bad for the captaincy i think um uh, you know, anyone who followed your uh, call on Dunkley would be patting you on the back this week. Um, obviously, you didn't take your own advice, which is so often the case uh, when it comes <laughs> to super coaching um, Dominic, I fared pretty well as well in the captaincy. So I had led 156. He was my top selection. And true to my word, I went with him because um, that's that's what I do. Um, in addition, I had Cogs and Dacostra. who we both tunned up. But look, you probably wouldn't be that stoked with either of them. It wasn't... A, terribly easy week for captains but that landed me an average score between my captaincies of 125 which i believe Dom and less numbers Sheesh. to state me means you're having a chilly today
1: it's a bit of a spank in that isn't it like <laughs> aside from dunkley my captaincy options weren't great were they really just around that 100 mark and and let me well, down well, there
2: obviously dunk's played earlier in the round and mm. i saw dunk put up that 148 and i thought well we're going to push again this week's just going to be a push think, again and
1: yeah I Jeez, think, everything uh, went right not taking dunkley for me like hurts as well because obviously I gotta eat the chili but then also like didn't get his score at least which would have given me a bit of a savior um probably would have helped if I wasn't out drinking that night uh, <laughs> as well but we'll, we'll leave that um to, to be so like in terms of eating the chili I've actually never had like a raw chili before have you
2: uh, I can't No, I can't say i have I've, I've I've definitely thought about it in the supermarket before but you know comments you've thought about like, it you know when you just walk past the chili aisle, you have a look at the chili you're like I could could see what happens here, but you know, I've just I've never convinced myself to actually do it. So I'm really keen to see how you go yeah. here. Obviously, um, if if anyone wants to to see the action here, they can jump across to our Instagram page. It is SuperCoach underscore Spotlight. You'll find all the details of captaincy selections and a podcast out there. And I believe Dom, if I'm not mistaken, a video of you eating a chili. Are you going to whack that up for us?
1: Yeah, man. I'm just going to record it now and, and prove to everyone that I am eating this chili. Um, I'm a man of my word. Um, when I make a bet, I follow through, um, unlike some other people that I do know. Uh, I'm not alluding that to you by any means, just a, just a few people that I do know um, by that means. So <laughs> we're going we're, we're gonna to tuck into it. And I don't know what to expect here. I'm actually a bit nervous because my spice tolerance actually is pretty dreadful. So I might be battling it from here on out, but we'll see how we go.
2: All right, mate, I'll carry the ship and um, I'm looking forward to you absolutely dying throughout this podcast. I've never been so happy uh, that things went well for me this week and um, it's got to be said that how, how, how's it feeling there mate?
1: That's hot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what did you run with Is it a green or red chili? Can you describe no, that for us?
1: It's a small red one.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Holy shit. Oh.
0: Well,
2: the so seeds. My- I'd love it if you could kick us through the uh, first game of the round. So we've got Sydney St Kilda, mate. Obviously, um, you you can probably handle this one by yourself. Do you want to step us through that?
1: I don't think it's a good idea to um speak. Is when that, I'm, is, is that the still? Hit? Yeah. Oh god. I, right. I did mention <laughs> my smile <fire laughs> is. Is it great? So. <laughs>
2: All right, well, this is, this is going to descend into I chaos. I might take the lead on this one, Bob, yep. if you're okay with I think that. that's a good idea. Um, you just try and compose yourself there for a little while. So, the St. Kilda took on the Sydney Swans. It was up at the SCG. It was a pretty close contest for majority of the game. It has to be said that the umpiring wasn't fantastic in this one. The game itself wasn't fantastic, to be completely fair. And um, A shout-out to Dan Butler. I actually used to play footy with Dan at Lake Wendaree. Uh, how he got suspended for a week on that tackle on the Lizard is just disgraceful. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was a scrappy game. Anyone who holds Errol Goulden would have been pulling their hair out for majority of it. He had an absolute stinker. Um, he gave away four free kicks against, including a 50-metre penalty resulting in a goal, which obviously really hampered his scoring. There wasn't a lot of great scores for this. I know Dom brought in Jake Lloyd this week. That would be a, a bit of a source of frustration for just you,
1: <laughs> to mention that he played on the um on the wing for the first three quarters. <laughs> oh my god, he played on the wing for the first three quarters and didn't go so well. And then uh, once Blakey went down, went on the back half back line and, and pretty much scored sixty points in the last quarter. So <laughs> fingers crossed he stays back there for me next week. God, yeah. I'm dying.
2: And that was a good one. Actually, glad you mentioned that. So, so, when Jake Lloyd went back, initially, Ollie Florent was taking his role on the halfback line and he tore it to shreds. He got used so much. He broke the lines. He did exactly what we would hope Jake Lloyd would do. Um, just unfortunately, he didn't find himself in that role.
1: And so, saying that, though, Florent had 64% efficiency and my boy Jake Lloyd, 84 So like, come on, horse. Send him back there like a sick of buddy Florent. He's so no good. Put him back on the wing and, and get my boy Lloyd back on the, on the halfback, please.
2: Well, you, you would think in, in all seriousness that Lloyd had the runs on the board in that position and Florent can kind of play anywhere. So I, I don't know how that came to be. Maybe it was a structural thing pre-game that Horse thought he'd get one over the, the Saints with. But look, he really didn't. It, um, it didn't go too well. A couple of other talking points in this one. We have Lewis Malikan, the Pelican. Uh, he put up 52 from 10 disposals. He's looking like someone that is uh, a potentially a, a defensive downgrade option sitting there at 175k for... For this week, um, obviously, they've already had their buy as well, so you will get a player if you choose to go with the Pelican. I love that nickname, big fan. Um, Outside of that, there wasn't too much else on the Sydney side. Dom, was there anyone you Um, wanted to mention?
1: (sighs) Yeah, Sheldrick, actually. He um, came into that midfield role, which I sort of said in the VFL he's been killing. Um, he actually got some more minutes in that role with um, Parker being suspended. And actually looked pretty solid there, put up 61. Um, he's still not too expensive either. But with um, Parker coming back in, probably not the best idea ever. But he has shown some potential, which is good to see.
2: Yeah, poor Gussie Sheldrick's one of those uh, Sydney rookies that just gets screwed over by having the same position as a gun. Um, which which happens, look, they're in that position now where the season's quickly getting away from them. So who knows, they might put some more time into these young mids and and trying to get them some minutes. So we could see Gussie hold his spot and someone else make way, but obviously Parker's coming back into that side, no doubt about that. So let's jump across to the St Kilda side. This is where the points seem to fall in this game. Um, There was quite a few of them that managed to achieve the ton. Probably the most notable of which was Jack Sinclair. Is, Is Jackie boy back?
1: Um <laughs> I'm not back by any means. Um but but Jack <laughs> Jack uh yeah, Jack um always oh, got that he's got that role we've always spoke about that's there. He just performed with his efficiency much higher this game, which sort of saw his score spike. Um which I'm sort of kicking myself picking Lloyd over him this game. But who knows, like I feel like it changes week to week, um who's gonna be the best back and, and what can happen from here. So we'll have to wait and see, but it does make it tempting to bring him in, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, he look, he's, he's definitely, for anyone out there that hasn't been on the uh, Sinclair ship this year, it's so easy to look at his good weeks and go, he is a good player. He, he does the, the right things and he, he gets points. Well, he doesn't always. And when he's bad, he's really bad. And um, this is another example of when he gets the right uh, role, he can do quite well. But in saying that, you, you must note that he, he got 32 possessions. So he had a lot of the ball just to get 125. Um, and he used it quite well as well, going at 78%. So it's, it's a little bit scary that you need that much footy to score well, but, um, yeah, look, he's capable of doing that every week if he gets you know, the right role. He still ran through the guts a little bit more than I'd like, but he did actually pretty well in there, getting a few clearances, and um, he actually got seven clearances for the game. So he was, uh, I think he was Saints' leading clearance player. So it goes to show that they actually do rate him in there. He's probably not going to lose his spot, um, Given Jack Steele had an absolute shocker again, I, I just think mm. anyone who has Jack Steele, I, I just feel your pain. I just <clears> watching <throat> him; he just you get him like out now. Card. If
1: you if you have him, do you get him out?
2: If you can, like if you have if you have a, a luxury trade or two sitting there that you can, I honestly say go for it. He's looked horrible the last few weeks. I know he had sort of one week in there where he put up like a low ton, and we're like, oh, maybe he's going to be okay. He just doesn't look like he's. He's like, like, I don't know if he's got a niggle or something, but he's not playing well at all.
1: Yeah, no, I tend to agree with that. And it always is hard though when you have someone like this. It's just out of form because you know, like it can turn so quickly as well. Like, you know, what I mean, you can trade him out next week and start getting it back together and, and get his fitness back up. You don't know exactly what's wrong with him at this point, but you'd suggest he's not easy one hundred percent to be playing like this by any means because this doesn't even look like a fragment of the Jack Steele we've, we've come to know over the last few years.
2: I have noticed that you speak a little bit quicker
1: after the chili, which is um, yeah, which is a bit <laughs> interesting. Is there any
2: reason behind
1: that? I'm trying to get my sentence out before like I <laughs> pick up. like it's it's hard. <laughs> um, is there any
2: is there any of the chili oof. left? Have you gone for like two bites or no? I've
1: just chopped it the whole thing in one go. Um, I think that's so, a good strategy. Yeah, I just yeah, full send it, um, get it down, and it was a lot spicier than I thought it would be. To be honest, like I feel like when I was chilling it and I was chilling the seeds, like. That <laughs> was burning my mouth, something fierce. But, you know, this is a punishment to get for, for being a spud when, you, when you're when picking the captains, um, that's for sure. So it is what well, it is.
2: I reckon we kick on to the Dogs and Port Adelaide. Donald, I don't know if you caught much of this game, but this was much better in the way of quality. It felt like a final. Both teams showed up and, and played what was a really good game with Port sort of extending the lead away late. Again, a couple of questionable umpiring moments in this one that had big scoreboard repercussions, but... As, uh, as, as is usual, Port might have won, but all the scoring seemed to be done on the Western Bulldogs side. Dom, can you walk us through that?
1: I did say this um, prior to this game. There's a lot of points <laughs> this week. There's a lot of primos in this game. I'm sort of going to wonder how they're all going go to go <coughs> together. And if there's enough scoring potential for everyone to go well, and you look at the dog, they all, like literally everyone did really well, aside from you'd probably be disappointed if you got Bailey Smith, but 95's not too much to to worry about. And and Bailey Dale with 89, it's probably like the lowest of the primos that you've touched, but everyone else has sort of scored above 100 there. Um, Tim English, I don't know what he did in the first three quarters. But the last quarter, actually, probably to be fair, the first half, he was terrible. Last half, he was actually pretty serviceable. The fact he got to 99 is unbelievable because I think he was sitting at like four super coach points or something after the first quarter um, and, and pretty much late into the second quarter, wasn't on too many more than that. So,
2: Just on was, that, Dom, at like, it was like the midway through the four and, and I read a comment on Facebook. It was someone saying like, first traded out this week, Tim English, and I was like, oh, better have a look, see what he's on. And he was on 70, like with 10 minutes to go in the game. And I was like, wow. He's going to drop yeah. a lot. And then, yeah, yeah he, got, he got his hustle together. And he, getting up to 99 is actually a fantastic score.
1: Yeah, I absolutely can't complain. I mean, I can't complain because I have my VC on him, but if I didn't have my VC on him, I'm not complaining with that score by any means. I guess that the biggest thing to take away to this game with the Dogs, um, it's probably the first time we've seen them all year have their well, – or not the first time, but the first time in a while that we've seen them have their full midfield mix together and, and how, how that sort of looks like in terms of center bounce attendance. tenants. Um, so obviously, who took a huge hit with center bounce attendance was Jack McRae. Um, and Caleb Daniel. So we sort of thought those two might be the ones that, that sort of take a step back in that role. Um, but it, it's good to see, I guess, McRae scoring so well, playing on a half-forward flank and, and that sort of position. And, but he does get up and around the contest once it's out of the centre. So he does sort of like almost play a fourth-on-baller role um, and just sort of gets those cheap, easy kicks out the side and just kicks it sideways, which sort of allows him to have really solid kicking efficiency as well. Um, and he sort of almost kicked the goal in like most games he's played, right, in the last sort of few weeks. It seems to be a bit odd but. You've obviously been watching a bit closer, but are you happy with Jack McRae, even though he's not getting those centre bounce attendances?
2: Yeah, look, uh, this was, as you sort of said, this was a really interesting game for me in terms of keeping a close eye on the way Beveridge played his midfield mix. And and I obviously thought Jack McRae would be someone who suffered quite substantially. Obviously, the way Lib is playing and the way Bont's playing, you're not going to mess with either of those two. And Jack, as good as he is, is probably the one that makes way. But he's learning how to... As you sort of said, he plays so high up the ground when he plays that half-forward rule. That he, he literally is just getting around the stoppages anyway. So I, I don't know if that's a beverage move or if McRae's literally just said, bugger it, I know how I can impact the game and it's going to be doing this and not sort of sitting on a half-forward flank waiting for someone to hit me on a lead. Um, but no, I was really impressed with how he played. He got tons of the ball. He still got 26 disposals. So that's more than enough to, um, to turn up. He got to 120. I, I kind of wish i put him in my VC mix, to be honest. Um mm-hmm. as I sort of said, it was a hard week to find anyone at that 120 and above mark. But no, really, really impressive. And Dom, your man Libba bounced back this week with a, a big almost 140, huge from him.
1: Yeah, massive game, mate. He played unreal and I, I just couldn't, um, he just couldn't get away from it really. It was just chasing him around and like him and Butters were just sort of playing on each other and they were just like sort of top scoring for both sides there for a bit. And I was, I was getting pretty excited where he was going to go, but then sort of Butters tailed off a little bit in his scoring when Libba just sort of kept going and obviously hadn't Five tackles, like forty possessions pretty much, it felt like. Um, you're always gonna score pretty well, especially when like I think most of his possessions are contested. So that's always gonna like skyrocket <laughs> your scoring as well, because he's always in and under getting that ball. Uh, I just wanted to sort of note from this game, like there's probably two names to sort of chat about here as well that probably people wouldn't be owners of, very unlikely that they are. It's probably Caleb Daniel and Adam Trelaw. Gee, they're really putting their case forward at the moment to potentially be the, a back end um, post buy option, either in the midfield or even in, in that swingman role that Daniel's got. Are you really? Are they like in the talks for you at all, or what's your sort of thoughts on them?
2: Well, I think they have to be now, right? Like, um, yeah. I, I was I was a non believer uh, of, of previous times because I just didn't really see it being a permanent role, particularly in Daniel's case. I thought it was going to be a case of right matchup so they're going to throw Daniel in the mix and see what he can do and he obviously played quite well in that original position and and, um and yeah sort of has since gone from strength to strength putting up you know what three Mm. massive scores back to back to back so he's he's one that i'm looking at the problem is the price point's gotten away from us now and it's so scary to look at him um so high and and so sort of out of reach you know I, i was worried about how i was going to get to sicily and i still don't know how i will thank god he got rubbed out or looks to be rubbed out we don't know for sure yet um but daniel's really in that boat as well if you, if you can find a way to get him if you just have managed to get all the cash cows through the year i love him he's going to be a point of difference and he's a great scorer so
1: yeah if you uh, say if you if you were good in round 15 buys, like you could definitely pick him up now couldn't you like he could be a, a trading option that you get and it's going to be a huge pod because as you mentioned people are really going to struggle to get him in um and like his price point is, yeah, it's at 615, so you are pay- paying a premium, but his break even is still 63 and he's, he's likely to go up a little bit more, probably 630. Now, I can say you're putting a bad game up and giving us a chance, but again, like he's just such a good scoring potential pod and I think you kind of just want to be owners of, of as many Bulldogs players as you can this year, to be honest with you. He's in, the way like, Just just to back up your point there, Dom, he's in less than 5% of teams, so like,
2: if you have Caleb Daniel this week, that 125 that he put up, you are getting on almost everyone that you're playing against. So that's an exciting prospect to me, and it is something that's absolutely worth looking at. Um, so, yeah, as you say, it, it, I think the big question mark remains is when is the right time to pick him. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. And, and just on Trelaw as well, while we're on the topic of pods, Treloar is in less than 1% of teams. So if you're yeah, well, searching for like a mid-price mid, say you have, I don't know, maybe like a Paddy Cripps who's doing his best potato impersonation recently, maybe you just take a punt. It's, it's not a huge upgrade cost to get to Treloar at 5.45 and and if he continues to score the way he's scoring, you could have a, an awesome pot in the mix.
1: Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And like, it's, it's kind of weird to think. Obviously, the dogs have the last sort of buy as well, but Caleb Daniels snuck up to the 4th. Top scorer in the back line at the moment.
2: How crazy. In, in three weeks. In that's three crazy, weeks. isn't
1: it? Yeah. Like three big weeks and just leapfrog so many players. When obviously a few people have some down weeks when you look at Jack Siebel, Luke Ryan, and Houston. Um, so he's just sort of like just exploded and that's a, that's a crazy thing about super Supercoach that's the best thing that we love it, it, it's so unpredictable at times and, and roles can change within teams and, and things like that and players can really just hit strong form and, and just turn around and give you that you know push to sort of take over so many players but I think out of this game that's probably the, the, everything for the dogs actually wait no there is one more mate, um, uh, our mate I,
2: was, I was praying you'd bring this up I was praying you'd bring it up James,
1: me. James, James O'Donnell mate tell me about him tell me what happened um, with the game
2: well, my man Jimmy got subbed off, Dom. Which, which, can I just say? Travesty. No, Travesty! It's an absolute joke because the guy who should have been subbed off was Arthur Jones, who did not manage to register one touch. Are oh, you hearing correctly, Dom? Not one touch, and our man Jimmy, he had five. Mm. He had
1: five and touches. He, gets man. he was. Off. He was on track for like forty, I'm pretty sure. And you know the worst part is Arthur Jones actually was scoring more skipper coach points in him as well. So
2: <laughs> yeah, well, Jimmy didn't use it very well. Jimmy, Jimmy wasn't great. But I'll be honest. a, a
1: significant great. price rise of four point three k this week. Um, he has continued to get away with us at a price point of one hundred and nineteen k. But oh. one, one to watch, one to watch for sure. That's um,
2: scary. I, he's, he's. I mean, he's probably primed to be the cash cow of the season. So. In the next is, few weeks, bring him into uh, your the calculations. Next, the next
1: Humphreys, um, you, you just mark my words on this one. Um, really consider it, guys. Just, just think about that. But let's, um, let's move back across. I guess Port Adelaide and there's a few interesting points here in terms of scoring wise. Zach Butters did pretty well, and you know never disappointed, putting up 118. Obviously, two hundred. What was it
2: this week or? It should have been.
1: <clears throat> if Libba wasn't played on, oh my god, I've got more chilly again. Um, if Libba <laughs> wasn't played on it this week, it would have been. Absolute destroyed. Like, he would have absolutely got 200, I think, but Libba sort of held him back a little bit to only 118, which is, is what it is, mate. I can take that score. He's got a break even of 144, so he might continue to drop potentially another 10K, but like, I think that's a, sort of his point is going to be for the whole season, about 620. Um, And if he has a spike game in him, watch him to go back up to 650 as well. So if you don't have him as well, you've got all the, all the problems, that You've got to get Clary, you've got to get Sicily, you've got to get Butters. Maybe not so much Sicily, but Clary and Butters, like, I don't know where you're finding that cash.
2: Oh, it's just sitting on me bench, mate. I've, I've got it coming up now. It's oh, just, do you, gonna, just
1: Do you, Just It's going to take
2: a few weeks to to get there. But look, there there are probably a couple of other talking points in this one. Quickly, Conor Rosé did what he always does. Low time, happy enough with the goal and, and 23 possessions. Good on him. Probably the closing point to this game, John, is a guy that made his way into conversations uh, last week but absolutely destroyed his chances of coming into my team, that being Dan Houston with just the 47 points. What happened to him?
1: Yeah, he was just nowhere to be seen, wasn't he? Like he, as he's normally a huge user and getter of the ball halfback. They trust him and he just sort of was missing the kicks all over the place and just wasn't racking up as many disposals as you typically see from him um, and, and nowhere near as effective as you would like. I think there's a few clangers in there as well, which definitely hurt his scoring as well. I think he had somewhere of five clangers. Um, out of his um, 17 possessions. So when you're sort of doing doing that um, and it sort of like just takes away all your super coach points and, and does take away a bit of the trust that he was building for us, wasn't he, at that half-back line that potentially could be someone you want to get in. But there has been a few care that sort of pop up as well um, in the back line, which we'll, we'll get to shortly as well. Um, anything else to, to note of this game?
2: No, I, I think we move on. I, I think you're exactly right. There's a couple of fake premiums floating around that have tempted our hand and you just got to hope that you were – slow enough not to bring them into your side. Well, this one was the upset of the round for mine, Dom, with the Hawks knocking off the Lions in what must be said was quite emphatic style. They were just too good, simply. To to watch this game, they were the better team than Brisbane on the day. It had nothing to do with uh, luck or umpires or anything else. They were just better than Brisbane.
1: I mean, to be fair, I guess Brisbane had a couple of injuries, which sort of does clog up the bench a little bit, um, but yeah, I tend to agree that Hawthorne obviously just moving the ball much better throughout the day, didn't they? They sort of sliced them up a little bit and, and looked way more dangerous going forward than, than Brisbane did. They looked a bit stagnant and really sort of seemed to struggle to, to put anything on the board, the, the old lines, so um, it was a really interesting game to watch though, wasn't it? And I love an upset from an underdog side that you know, everyone's sort of saying is tanking, but when they sort of put up a performance like this, you can sort of see where the future is for this club in Hawthorne and they're really building with the really young list that they do have. Some big scores, again, in this game with Sicily going bang with 136. Um, his last four weeks have been insane, or um, well, you know, minus the week that he missed, um, but they've been insane scoring-wise and, and he does put you at a price point where you're like, hey, how am I going to get this guy? But also does sort of bring up that contention. Can he be in your side, actually? Because, look, if he gets suspended for two weeks, it sort of brings you to round, I think it's round 17 or 18 before you can potentially even bring him in. And that's too late to really, like, finish your side, isn't it? Like, the season's, like, almost too far and gone by that point. So, has Sicily sort of brought himself out of, of the sides if you if you don't have him? And if you do have him, and you trading him?
2: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question, Dom. And to be completely honest with you, I think if he gets sort of two to three weeks, particularly three weeks, he does rule himself out of a lot of sides, and and we just have to understand that we're probably choosing a player that's not as good as Sicily. But like, what are you going to do? Play with a um, you know an average player for three weeks and try and get him? I, I just don't see any value in that. I too think hard gonna, to make
1: the ground up, isn't it? If you're playing you're a, gonna, a rookie over a premium, it's thirty points for each week potentially, and then exactly. that's really hard to make up in in the last four or five rounds.
2: I think you just have to understand that. Um, you're going to have to look for players that are playing it. For, I've heard a lot of conversations about this, and, and there's going to be a lot more coming this week in terms of what happens to Sicily. There's a lot saying it's either three weeks mm. or it's zero. Um, I probably am leaning on the lines of I think it's three weeks, maybe down to two because of the nature yeah. of the yeah. of the tackle. It was – as we're, much we're, as they say he didn't try and sling him, the end motion once McCluggage was sitting on Sicily was slinging, and yeah. uh, and that sucked. But that is what happened and, and what we've seen that probably results in a suspension.
1: Yeah, and, and we've seen it's always so results-based in the MRO. Um, and when you have someone who like was out as cold <laughs> as he was and it was really tough to actually see him get you down like that. It's not what we would like to see in the game by any means and I think that just doesn't bode well for Sicily at all. And as you mentioned, I, I genuinely do think similar. I think he will be given three weeks and potentially may appeal it and get it down to two. Um, but I think the MRO sort of has that... Uh, duty of care to sort of make sure we sort of stamp out any sort of actions that, that lead to results um, such as McClugg's KO um, in this tackle. So, yeah, it is tough. I, I'd say like he's definitely not getting off scot-free, no way, um, regardless of, of that. So it's at least one one week, two weeks or three weeks of the, the options. And if I was going to sort of percentage, put a percentage on each one, I'd say three weeks, um, I'd say it's 20%, 60%, two weeks and the other remaining um, 30% on one week.
2: I don't what think, do you, in all seriousness, I don't think it's possible he could get one week, and that's purely off the categorisation of how they do these things. So,
1: I, they've I, already realized, in, I just realised uh, the calculation's wrong. I did 60, 30, 20, didn't I? And that's 110. <laughs> no, so the no. Chili's throwing me off. So uh, <laughs> sixty twenty twenty. We're gonna we're gonna re- before anyone gets into me about that. Okay, so we fixed it.
2: Well, it's a, it's a no one void point anyway, Dom, because they've graded it as um, I think it's high impact uh, anyway. So it's a minimum of two if he gets convicted of it. So oh, it'll okay. be it'll be three or two for mine, uh, guaranteed. But yeah, I, I think he's missing as well. I think we're both in agreement of that. So let's shift on to some other news on the Hawk side. Will Day bounced back. He was simply fabulous in the game, um, putting up 109 and getting a ton of the football.
1: Uh, I don't know how many teams he'd be featuring in at the moment. but look. He's featuring in a lot of teams, mate, to be honest. I, I know a lot of people have Will Day. And he sort of actually puts you in a bit of an awkward position again, doesn't he? It's like almost like everyone's pretty set on probably trading him out this week. Well, I and think then you, you a see that performance wood, and you're like, oh, hang wood on, wood. I've, got to, I've got to keep him. You know what I mean? He's, in, 20, he's in 20% of teams. That's like a significant portion of, of, of teams still.
2: It is. And it like the, the other thing too, is like if he, if he keeps sort of, you know, having a strong end to the, the, year, as a defensive option, he actually might have a little bit of like, listen to this for a second, Dom. Like imagine, oh, we go. imagine if you went Will Day as, as a point of difference down back, and then he continues to go fairly well. And then by the time Sicily comes back in three weeks, Will Day sitting at say five fifty, and then he might be your stepping stone to Sicily.
1: Look, like it's potential. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't hate it. I don't see Will Day doing that, though, by any means. Yeah, neither um, do I. <laughs> so, I think <laughs> but, he's sort of like put you in an awkward spot if you are no, in a where you kind of have to hold him against your will. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but again, I wouldn't I wouldn't say don't upgrade him either. If you can get a bona fide premium that you're confident in, which is easier said than done in the back line, um, and do it, but yeah, I guess an option for people this week as well, I guess, is probably you can go to Sicily to um, Daniels if you wanted to, couldn't you? If, if that's uh, the case, he gets three leagues, it's three weeks. I love that owners.
2: trade for the reason that I don't think you can get there with anyone else. Yeah. So, like, if you have Sicily, why not just continue to like, bring in the most informed defender and, and see how you go? So, I, I really like that. I think that's a good shout from you, Dollar. Um, other news in this game. The Josh Weddle train uh, has seemed to slow down. He put up 68. He still played really well, mind you. But I think it's time for people to move him on at his by He's sort of primed for the picking, and I'm still mad that I missed him. So let's move quickly on to our man, Seamus Mitchell, who came back Seamus. this week.
1: Yeah, Seamus was looking good. Seamus um, was good, yeah. He was actually struggling a little bit. He was pretty slow to start scoring and then had a really good second half, which sort of helped propel them um, in, into that sort of 70 score, which we sort of expect out of him week to week now, don't we? He sort of averages around that 70 um, and puts it up more often than not. He had one bad game, which let us down a bit. But other than that, he's, he's been really solid and sort of puts his case forward to to hold him through the bye, I think, with 44 break even. And it's hard to want to move him on, is it? isn't its it?
2: It is, but it's bloody annoying because like he's yeah. at that sort of three twenty two price point, which is like I I need that money, and I really want to do something else with it. But you're exactly right. Like next week is so incredibly tough. Trading out people mm. who are there for next week doesn't actually doesn't make, make sense, a ton does it? of sense. So yeah, and um, unless we sort of get more information this week and say you know let's say Rory Atkins plays horrible this week and gets dropped next week, and you can use Atkins to upgrade Mitchell to a premium. Maybe that's something that you could do but yeah. The other problem
1: is though like because people are struggling for round 15 and you do have Atkins and Mitchell and you're using two of those players, you're combining them into one so you're taking two playing people in, into one premium and then almost might not even end up being a net profit for that week as well. Like you know, it's it's a really tough one. To sort yeah, of... you'd have
2: to do it on the basis that Cause... you've got one person who's not like in that situation if you had yeah. one who's got dropped then yeah. upgrading Mitchell wouldn't be a loss in terms yeah. of how many no, you have playing. So, he's <clears throat> in saying that. Look, Mitchell's break even is forty four. He's probably unlikely to make a ton of money next week anyway. Um, nah, but I think you're you're only keeping him because he's going to put up, you know, 70, seventy odd, hopefully, yeah. odd, which is which is value enough in itself. And if, yeah. you know, if he if he does go up another twenty k, perfect. And then it's time to move him on to a you know, another player with an extra 20K in your pocket. So I, I see the merit there. I see, I understand where people are sort of coming from there. And You know, he's been great for us, 322K. That's 200K profit from where he started. Good on Mitchell.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's fair enough. Uh, I guess the last sort of point in terms of the Hawks is Warple back to his uh, typical self, scoring 67. So it is a funny thing in Supercoach I'm kicking myself the last week when he scores a ton um, for trading him out and then he puts up that performance I'm like well I'm a bloody genius so um, <laughs> it's interesting what I wanted to see um, and moving I guess across to Brisbane mate my, my man Dunks 148 put up a huge game 5 free kicks earned um, and also kicking a snag um, putting up 148 should have put my C on him like I said in the potty sometimes I've just got to follow through with my my advice that I give on here um, rather than just sort of doing a sneaky one on the side with the um, Uh, captaining track, which didn't end well, but pretty good score there. Neil was the only other sort of notable one to mention score-wise, 102. A lot of people sort of trading him in this week. Um, Very solid performance. You're not too disappointed, but you're not super stoked about it. I can say
2: for for watching this game very closely and watching Neil very closely as I had the VC on him um, and was really invested in his game, I thought Neil played horrendously. um, He had so many chances to tackle and he was – he just didn't put the steps in to get there. This is the difference between him and Dunks, right? When the tackle was there to be laid, Dunks did whatever he had to do to get to that contest and laid the tackle. Neil was lazy. And that's what, yeah. like, I was absolute, because we talked about this game, Dom, and you said, I reckon Dunks is going to have a massive one. You obviously, you know, you tipped him as your top selection for the week. And I, before the game, I was sitting there clicking the, the VC from Dunks to Neil to Dunks to Neil. <laughs> yeah, you can't and, that. And, I, and then I left it on Neil and I thought, Oh, Dom had called it, and I was so bloody mad watching this game, watching how Dunks went about it. Dunks had 11 tackles. The man is a god. Do
1: you reckon that's a thing we start doing now? Um, just as I like, sort of get something out of it, I just start VCing your captain and vice, <laughs> vice-captain selections. Um, <laughs> just roll it with those.
2: Well, given how well I've been going, I reckon oh, to a the great yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway, right.
2: moving on, Dom, there's, a, there's probably... Actually,
1: two. there's one... Pro- Okay, well, one more point before we get into it. I guess Hugh McCluggage, obviously, can cast, will be missing a little bit of footy there, and Rich obviously can't get on the park um, and can't get through a full game. So does that open up a spot for Sharp? There's a lot of owners of Sharp out there, and he might be coming in at the right time to save everyone for for round 15, potentially. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Because that's exactly where I was going to go next. Um, I think there's only sort of two more talking points from this game before we move on. That is one of them. McCluggage making way, I think, opens up a spot on the wing, I wouldn't be surprised if Pryor sort of went out there. But what about Rich? Speed. Uh, you, Rich is um, Rich going out? I don't know how they'll replace him because they really don't have a like for like sitting there in the wings. But you know, there's a couple of different ways they could go about it. Like I think Kitty Coleman comes straight back into that lineup. He'll probably play off a half-back. I do think uh, he's a massive chance to come back in this week. I really do because it was a cut like Jackson Pryor had a horrible. You know
1: You know what? Excellent. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my stamp on it and, and I'm gonna say lock it in. You heard it here first. Lock it in. Sharp's gonna be back. I'm not gonna confirm if that's gonna be a starting position or a sub position, but lock it in. He's gonna be playing uh, next game for the Lions.
2: Wow, that's uh, I didn't realize your name was Chris Fagan, but there you go. Um, Done my last one for this game. Will Ashcroft seventy nine. Um, just a sort of run of the mill game for him. What do owners of Ashcroft do from here?
1: Ashcroft, he's got to go, mate. He's, um, oh, he's just tough because you've held him this long, hey, haven't you? And, and like, you just needed one more week out of him. Um, this this week because they don't have the buy the buy the next week so arguably you could hold um and like you've come this far uh, unless you're gonna get a significant upgrade uh, i would hold but he's made some significant cash and i think a lot of people held him you know past the point most people have and, and have gained that extra level of cash and some really solid scores out of it i'm probably leaning on the fence of of trading to a premium just because i want to keep getting that side finished as soon as possible um what, what, what would you do with if you were an owner
2: uh, I think like I obviously moved him on probably arguably a little bit too early, but I, I think it's, it's it's all dependent on who you can get in. That's probably the biggest one for me. His break even is one hundred sixteen, by the way. So he is a massive chance to lose money. Um, I, yeah, I will probably be on the, on the side of of trading him out. But I, what I will say to that is we're coming into the tough round fifteen buy. So if you're trading him out, you have to be getting in someone as good or better. Um, that doesn't have around 15 by. So depending on your teams, that might be actually quite hard.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair Um, in terms of that. And I guess he's sort of like sort of not playing um, at home for the next few games, which probably doesn't bode well for Ashcroft for some reason. That's a statistic for him and a a stat point that that matters. Um, It doesn't particularly matter for other players. But yeah, we'll probably get rid of him. I don't think there's any other talking points from this game. X, happy to move on.
2: Uh, Well, Dom, I've just got one question for you, mate. Where were you for the Texas tent?
1: Where was I for the Texas Ten? Um, look, mate. Yeah, I was actually. Um, I, was at the, I was at a pub. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> did,
2: did the Did the pub happen to have vision of this game by chance?
1: Um, look, the pub might have had some vision, but I don't think I'd, i don't think I had much vision by this point, mate. Um, to be to, to be completely honest with you, um, but no, I did catch a little bit of it, and I wasn't—you know—I wasn't really too interesting aside from him kicking ten in terms of competitiveness, and also um, me riding home a few plays in this game, which was, was really good as well. Um, one notable one to mention, which is Elliot Yo mate, 113 points, 30 disposals, playing on in the backline, arguably half the game on Tex Walker um, and half the game on Fogarty. Uh, but what a performance, mate! You'd be a bit salty you didn't get him in.
2: Um, not salty. I I really like Elliot Yo, and um, and I'm happy to see you get some things right, Dom. Uh, I, I champion your <laughs> success, mate. So, as much as the um the chilli got to you today, that I, felt I, I think, I think so not got true. This one right. I think you got no. Yeah, that was genuine. I, I was I was being genuine. He, as I sort of said um to you earlier um over the weekend, I was terrified at this game when I saw Elliot Yo line up on Tex Walker in the back line, I thought. Oh, my God. He's going to put up 40. Um, and in in fairness, he started the game average for that reason. Simpson obviously...
1: Well, he started actually off all right in terms of like the first quarter. He's scoring all right. I think he was on 27 in the first quarter, and he got his eye gouged and some of the bench. That, that like was really late in
2: the first quarter, and they, they kicked a few points, and mm. um, and that really brought him back into the game by you know playing on and having a couple of effective kicks. But Yo was fantastic in this game, 30 disposals. Um, with 15 kicks is, is exceptional, well, too. So. Yeah, one thing
1: i got to mention with Yo, like, hopefully he's probably listening to this podcast and will take on this advice. He, he had four kick ins and he only played on from two. Um, so that's just stupid. You know, you've got to play on it and, and you get that, that stat. I, I think he's left another, you know, 10 points on the table there for me, which is a little bit upsetting because, um, you know, 123 would have been nice, wouldn't it? X.
2: Well, it's got to be said, Dom, is that the reason you traded him in? Because you thought he might take a kick out for the West Coast Eagles?
1: Yeah, look, it was in my calculations, mate. I have been studying the kick-ins for West Coast like you wouldn't believe. um, I would believe it. I would absolutely believe it. And I thought with her going out, there's every chance he gets that role. Um, And and, he sort of ran through the midfield a bit too as well, which is good to see. And I think if he plays that role week in and week out, I actually prefer it because I think it's less likely that he'll get injured in that role. And it's really easy points.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a good shout. There's a couple of others on the West Coast side now that you sort of started us there that we should have a chat about. One of the main one is was a man that you sort of mentioned last week who looked fairly solid. And that's Marriage. Um, he had two goals to his name. Mm. Could have been three. Could have easily been three to be completely honest. And um, he looked quite good at AFL level. He's going to be heavily dependent on scoring. That's probably my only knock on him. Like yeah, if he doesn't hit goals, he's not going to get any points. But, but yeah. how did you sort of see him?
1: Yeah, that scares you, doesn't it? When, you, when you've got forwards and, and super coach rookies that are literally scoring two goals and, and they're putting up 50, you know that they have to literally score four goals to get anywhere near the tonne. Um, but I guess, like, to be fair, like his, his goals are probably scaled down a little bit into what they normally would be because it's such a high-scoring affair this game and, and it was such garbage time after the first quarter. But he looked really good, didn't he? Like, he looks like a player that knows how to kick goals and knows how to find space. He almost looks like that Stevenson year when he was playing at Collingwood and is able to like, explode off the lead and, and no one can really keep up with him when he is leading like that. So... One to watch, and obviously his price point is sort of hard to say no. If he sort of even puts up fifties, I'm probably bringing him in. To be honest, who am I kidding? Um, but yeah, really, <laughs> solid, really solid game um, out of him.
2: I think the the beauty with trading him in, like when he's on the the bubble, sort of next week, um, is you don't really care that much. Like you trade in a 102k anyway. So to yeah. have someone who prospectively might be playing, it's just like, oh, well, that's um, you know, that's something we can live with. So there, it's it's probably a no risk. Um, equation, I'd say, Dom, in the way of marriage. Is there anyone else on that side of the fence? Yeah, or the I think there's definitely, if, if,
1: absolutely, a few talking points, and it, it comes down to don't pick midfielders out of West Coast. Um, and, and Dom Sheed has sort of been that one who, like, I thought it sort of could have jumped on it potentially three or four weeks ago, and, and you know he scored a couple of really good good scores, and now he's sort of back down to earth with um, uh, 47. You know, even though the, the week before he put up 119. He's literally been up and down, up and down, up and down, so I, I think it's just sort of steer clear of mids in, in the West Coast, and you probably want to steer clear of TK as well, unfortunately, um, but outside of that, that's everyone to talk about for West Coast, um, and I'm glad I didn't trade in with it, and that's for sure, so happy to happy to move on from there, and we'll talk about the, the thing you alluded to earlier about this game, eh? what, what, what happened in this game, was there something significant?
2: um no nah, i think that was it man let's move on to the next one no nah, <laughs> uh so look tex walker he was absolutely phenomenal this game he had the ball on a string and he started the game like an absolute house on fire he was everywhere he couldn't miss he kicked 10 goals too so it could have been it probably should have been 11 he actually missed one that was quite easy uh, but he was fantastic and i it, it wasn't really until the last quarter that they started thinking shit let's feed tex all the goals early on were just pure good footy by um Adelaide, they, they absolutely dominated West Coast Eagles through the clearance section of, um, of the game. What I remember saying to you, Doma, uh, on our last podcast, uh, it's really important that... Premium start quick in these junk games because if they don't, you can't get the points late. And that's exactly what we saw between <clears throat> Rory Laird and Jordan Dawson. Laird started really, really well. I think he was on 60 points a quarter time, had about 10 touches. He was he was fantastic. And, and Dawson um, is a little bit sloppy with his disposal, but just didn't start as quick. And, and that was, for me, the difference between the two.
1: Yeah, I think that literally is such a huge point in these games. You do have to start quick. Um, and, and once you're behind the a it's impossible to get back unless you start kicking some goals or something. You need to do something a bit different outside of just getting the regular disposals that you do. Um, but in terms of, of things, it's, it was sort of a week of, of hitting the, the I guess, the speculative mid-prices to bring in. Because look at um, Ben Keyes. Ben Keys 115, man. We did speak about him last segment. And you sort of said, "No, nah, I wouldn't touch you with a ten foot pole." Pretty much on on those things, you'd rather go Elliot Yo, but he's put up 115 and, and kicked a goal, looked pretty solid, um, and still managed to hold on to at least 50% CBAs. Do you regret not jumping on here, mate? Or is, 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 what's the thought on that one? Look,
2: it's I, I'm probably in the camp of the sample size is still a little bit too small. Like they were they were playing West Coast, uh, which is one of the worst. Well, it is the worst outfit in the AFL. So. I, I probably also always expected him to be pretty solid this game, and, and he did exactly what we expected. He was very good, uh, had a ton of the footy and kicked a goal. But can he do this every week? Probably not. Have we seen him be a really good super coach player in the past? Yes, we have. So it wouldn't be a massive surprise to me if um, if Keyes continued to be a very solid operator and got somewhere up near the sort of 550, 560 mark overall. He made 50K this week. But mm. in saying that, it's. It's so hot Your team right now should be very close to full premium. You've probably only got, you know, maybe two, three, four, five spots left. Getting to these players isn't as simple as it used to be. You could always, like, Previously, you'd, you'd have heaps of spots available. You could sideways someone. It would make sense. For me, I couldn't get keys because there was just no one in my team ready to go at his level. So it's just a case-by-case basis for these guys, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And that's what allowed do, you to get Fife and, and Yo as well.
1: Now, do you think that was just because you don't have the heart for it? Like, you know, you don't have the heart or, or the gut to make those big call decisions like I do?
2: Well, you know, it, it's, it's safe to say your heart and gut decisions got you a chili today. So... You know, I'll, I'll let the um, the audience out there decide who's on the right and wrong side of the ledger, Dom. But um, you, you can lecture me all you want on mid-prices. Um, They'll be paying to come with some of these yeah, at some you know, point. You so really, it's you, um, always
1: like, um, it's always one week you're like, beautiful. I made the best call ever. The next week they're putting up a terrible score and you're like, what have I done? Um, it it so. wasn't
2: too long ago that we saw Dom Sheed put up a 130 and yeah. a message you saying, well, are you regretting it? And then look at him now.
1: Yeah, like well, to be fair, like he's literally gone like one thirty, and then like a, a sixty, and then he's gone like one twenty, and then like a fifty or something. And I'm like, <laughs> what a roller coaster ride that must be having him. Um, but yeah, like uh, you are always sitting on the edge of your seat with mid prices, that's for sure. Um, in terms of, of this game, I guess another one to touch on is probably Worrell. Um,
2: yeah, I was hoping you'd mention him.
1: Uh, gee, he's probably he's pretty tempting, but he's at such a tough price point. But you'd always rather get him in than Keys, wouldn't you? Nah, um, I probably oh.
2: wouldn't. I'd probably go... Like, now, if we're talking to their price points now, particularly If you had to.
1: Yeah, um, if you had to go now.
2: I would... Yeah, I, I think that's actually a fair call. I think I would really... Because there's,
1: there's, there's like 70K more meat on the bone for Worrell. But, like, I just don't think he's a, a viable option. People should have enough defense back there at the moment. Well, I, if I you don't were desperate.
2: Like, if you had like a... If a, you again, need a like, cover... Let's say somehow... Uh, Atkins gets dropped this week out of nowhere. Somehow that happens. Jeez, I would absolutely consider an Atkins to Worrell because I think there could be another yep. 100K on the bone.
1: Yeah, I understand that. But I guess the problem is that you've got to wait another three or four weeks before you get that 100K. That's exactly right. That's to the like issue. get Atkins, who's made money, and just trade him up and, and lose 10K, <laughs> lose 15K uh, going to Worrell. Uh, but yeah, he looks good though. He looks really solid.
2: Yeah, that's some good things to say about him. Um, he's obviously turned up last week, had an 82 this week. He's looking consistent, averaging 91, and not many people have him. So if you do take the punt, you can look like a hero. You've got to remember these things. It's 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 one of those things where you put your hat in the ring. Uh, and I reckon well.
1: we're going to have to keep moving along because we're going really slow. We, and we're going to move on to the, the, the best game of the round, XC. I know you're really excited about to talk about this one because I certainly am. Um, we've got the Faro Dockers versus the Tigers, mate, and the Tigers finally got the chocolates. About bloody time, mate. Do you get to, you get to watch this game?
2: I watched it start to finish, mate. And um, oh, perfect. <clears throat> uh, are you, did, did you miss this one again? Were you were you no, potentially no, drinking? No, we
1: um, we moved to another pub with a bigger screen, so I caught this one. Um, oh, fantastic. Well, it's good so. that you had a
2: bit of investment in this. Um, I reckon we can probably skip through this pretty quickly. There there mm. are some key talking points. Shy Bolton who looked like he was just in line for, you know, an average sort of 90 to 100 game, went bananas in the final quarter. Uh, It was one of the best final quarters I've seen from anyone. I think he had 13 and a goal and kind of uh, absolutely willed Richmond over the line by himself. Um, What did you think of his game?
1: Yeah, how good is he when he wants to be? It feels like he's so talented, but sometimes he just feels like he's not engaged in the game, um, which is sort of hard. But, yeah, when he's on, I just think he's probably like a a top 10 midfielder, but the problem is he's just not on enough at the time, is, is he? Because he, he's just so inconsistent with it. Um, but yeah, excited to sort of see him back in the game. He didn't probably impact the scoreboard as much as he typically can. Um, obviously, still got one snag played predominantly in the, in the midfield. Um, but, you know, it was always good to, to do that and, and get the dub for us. Um, I'm not going to complain by any means. We've got super consistent TT scoring 136. He's probably been, I'd say he'd been the recruit of the year. Is that fair to say, do you reckon?
2: Oh, I think, yeah, I think he's winning that hands down, to be honest. Yeah. and And, Look, the thing to say to TT now is you should have him in your team. If you don't, you need to find a way to get him. He's so good. Uh, one, probably you didn't think about for a sort of VC selection or a captaincy selection, but he, he's a pretty good option every week. But is there anyone hmm. else on the, the Tigers side, Don, that you think we need to touch on?
1: Uh, in terms of the Tigers, I guess Floss well, always really solid sometimes. He always has these games that are, that are pretty big. But... It's hard, to, it's hard to pick him just because he is so inconsistent as well, and it's hard to really want to pick too many people on the Richmond side because they typically don't score too well, and especially outside of Toronto, it is just super up and down. So leave that one apart. We'll move across to, to the Dockers, mate. There's some really good success stories out of this side um, in terms of scoring-wise. Sorong, super consistent, and along with Andrew Brayshaw. Not big games by any means, mate, but, but super consistent. And we obviously saw Luke Jackson score really well having the number one ruck position as well. Um, but I guess the next two are probably the biggest talking points this game is Johnson, mate. You did sort of call it. You did you did pre-emphasize that this might be a thing on the Thursday podcast um, that he could trade him in. He could be a Humphrey 2.0 um, and really skyrocket from this position, his cash position where he's at now. Puts up 96, looked really good in the midfield, mate. What, what did you make of his game?
2: Yeah, I believe the words I used to describe him was oh, yeah, the go. next Bailey Humphrey and I'm very bullish on him um, if I'm recollecting correctly. But yeah, look, I was big on Johnson. Um, I, I've just watched him play and I think he gets in some really good spots. He's got great running patterns. Uh, and, and with Jaeger being out of the sides, I thought this was always a big chance of happening. Like he he was fantastic, to be honest. He, he just looked like he could accumulate the ball pretty easily. He was, He tackled like a champion. I think he sort of got... You got four free kicks, four, uh, and three of those were from holding the ball. So, absolutely electric in the way it goes about it. I well, wanted to. What was the fourth tackling. one for? I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but I know three uh, holding the balls. Um,
1: should, should have guessed, mate. Should have been a yeah, high, high tackle or something, you know? Yeah,
2: I just I had a feeling you <laughs> researched it. So, I was a little bit worried that you Yeah, that's, that's fair. Not correct. Um, yeah. But look, that's that's probably all I have to say to Johnson. He's at 250. He, like He's actually someone that I genuinely consider. But the problem is, yeah, you're coming back. It makes it very hard to want to pick him. Yeah, so if, so like, if you don't have
1: him, you're probably... Looking at the at least... CBAs, the last three weeks, he's gone from 23, 31 to 42. So he's obviously peaked this week, having the most CBAs he's had all year. Um, and then what does that look like with, um, with you know what's his name? Jaeger yeah, Amira. Jaeger yeah, Amira coming back in. I don't know why I can't remember his name um, but then Nat Five as well like obviously he's they're sort of progressing him through the midfield and, and taking on those minutes as well so who takes a hit out of those two? I'd say look, well, it could be honestly they could keep it with this structure and keep Jaeger more, more forward I can see that happening too um, but yeah it's, it's hard It's hard to see but I think one of them takes a hit and I'd probably tip that it's Johnson um, yeah, is, I, I, is my I guess.
2: Think, I think that's a fair call but one thing that needs to be said is they rate Johnson incredibly highly at Fremantle like when he got suspended for two weeks, I, for all money, didn't see him coming straight back into the AFL lineup, and he did. So it's clear that Long Longmuir really rates what he can do for the team. And, um, yep. yeah, look, that's a wait and watch. But I think if you missed him, you missed him.
1: Yeah. And then to, to that point afterwards, mate, the, the rifle, the fireful rifle, 96, Pretty solid game. Looked pretty set, I guess, in terms of this game in the in the midfield, having around 50% CBAs and, and sort of back to not his best by any means, but back to a really serviceable amount for him um, as well. He had laid ta- he laid seven tackles, um, which obviously helped skyrocket his score and, and scored a goal. Did you catch much of his game? Do you think he's sort of back to where you sort of saw Fife potentially getting this year?
2: I mean, F- Fife is just a great player. And I, and I started Fife, regretted it, hated myself, and, and won't bring him back in for that reason. But... He, is, he oozes class, and when he's on, he's really on. Um, I was scratching my eyes when I was looking at fan footy over the course of this game because Brayshaw, who was accumulating the ball like crazy, was like one point ahead of Fife all game. And then there was a period where Fife was at like 102, um, and Brayshaw just kicked a goal, <laughs> and he was sitting at 97. And I thought, what, what is happening? Like, how is Fife ahead? But uh, I think that sort of leveled itself out um, post-scaling. But, you know, Fife was great. If you got Fife, I think it's going to be uh, – Hard in your mouth thing for the rest of the season. Like, he's going to do really good things, and I think he'll do average things as well. Um, but, you know, he looked really good. So if you did get him in, um, you've got a, another week to breathe and, and recollect things and, and then hold your breath again next week. But, Dom, what I wanted to get into this game, um, you spoke about sort of the velocity and, and the defensive line and, and the thin options that we have back there and, and maybe looking at some point of differences. Obviously, there's two guys in the Fremantle side that, you know, a lot of people have looked to. Um, as players within their team, that being Hayden Young and Luke Ryan, both were pretty average this game. Did you catch much of their game? Yeah,
1: mate, they've been, they've been pretty average over the last few weeks and it's not a knock on, on them as players at all. It's a knock on the, on the game side they're transitioning into. It is not going to be that kick it sideways, let's just switch it out of the back line anymore. It's about just being a bit more attacking and a bit more aggressive and making sure they are taking ground and that's obviously going to, you know, hinder the super coach points because you're not getting those easy free possessions out the back where it's just a, a clean mark, 100% kicking efficiency going sideways. So, I think you just put a line through them both, to be honest. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be picking up either of them um, at this point of the season, unless you know Freo sort of go back to what they were doing game style wise. But they've sort of had a significant success transitioning into this sort of game style. So I'll, I'll put, I'm putting a line through them, to be honest. I don't think I want to, pick, I want them into my side because I'm looking for consistency, um, which I, I can't say that because I put Lloyd in. But um, <laughs> but I don't think I can bring them in. I just don't think they're going to be there um, in the top eight um, defenders. I'm going to say by the end of the year.
2: Strong strong by you, Dom, but I think very observant when it comes to Frio's game style. And, and look, we are seeing them progress with their game plan, and that's exactly how I see it as well. So I like it. I think the shout's accurate, and I think anyone listening, steer clear of those two if possible. Last thing I wanted to find out finalise this game with was our man Sammy Sturt came in and scored 46. He was okay this game. Speaking of 100% kicking efficiency, Sammy went at 100% and kicked a fantastic goal. Um, but, yeah, look, he was... Um, He was reasonable. He'll probably hold his spot, but nothing too exciting from him. So let's kick on to the North Melbourne and Giants game. Dom, did you catch one of these? You would have been probably a little bit hungover watching this one.
1: No, mate. I just woke up um, just prior to this game. So I um, rolled out of bed and then watched this one on the couch, which which was really nice to do um, in my hungover state um, that I was, but I I didn't sort of sleep most of it off, which was fortunate enough for myself. But yeah, it was actually a really cracking game of footy, to be honest. I think North Melbourne these last few weeks have actually played a really – Attacking an aggressive style of footy, and I've enjoyed to to watch it, to be honest. And it hasn't been that sideways kick, and they've they haven't rolled over by any means. They were super in this game. Come up to that sort of third quarter, unfortunately, um, halfway through that, you know, GWS sort of started to kick away, um, and and really assert their dominance there. But really competitive, and I guess some key takeaways. I guess Zeeble, um back as well a little bit with 107, but I'd say he was traded out of like a lot of sides on the weekend. It's really hard to hold someone with the break even as high as he was um, but it's always annoying when you do that and they do sort of put up a ton and might sort of steady out. There, um, Sheasel, mate, I, I traded him out. Uh, he put up 98. He looked solid. I still don't regret it um, but you know, you held. What? Are you, what's your takeaway? You're confident in keeping him for, for a long period, aren't you?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say a long period. Like I've I've seriously thought about after this week, um, whether he's on the chopping block because he like he just enables you to get another body on the field in that round fifteen by when it is so so tough and obviously North Melbourne miss as well. So that for like me was always of time.
1: Yeah, I feel like if you're gonna do that, you should have pulled the trigger earlier. If that's your logic, you should have pulled the trigger last week. You know well, what? I mean? so I you, miss,
2: just so I can miss out on his ninety eight.
1: You lost, you lost a bit of money. lost like ten k, and then like you would have traded in someone who probably would have got a very similar score to that.
2: Nah, I doubt it. I'm not not the way I've been trading in lately. Um, but <laughs> Fair point. It's it's it's, that, it's it's one thing, um, you know, to admit you're wrong, and and perhaps you know perhaps I got that wrong. But I want you to uh, to sort of apologise on something, John, because I said this uh, a couple of weeks back, and um, and you sort of shot me. For it, Tarrant Thomas, uh, top the time this week 112. I think yeah. he's come into relevancy. Do you, do you admit you got
1: nah, that? Nah, nah. Look, he kicked three goals, mate. How often is he going to be kicking three goals? I just don't think that's going to be that often. He got fed a couple of them, um, that were really easy goals. And I think if he doesn't do that, he, like, he probably scores 80. But he's at such a weird price point, like that, you can't really get him. Like, do, 295? do you want some? That's, that's you want, okay. you want, you're telling me you want a 295. I don't want it. Look, like,
2: there's nothing and, that's going to
1: jump in. The, the round 15 buy, mate, how do we keep landing on this point when it's round 15 buy, you're trading cheese like because you need bodies on field and you're like, you know what? Let's get Tarrant Thomas in this week. You know, yeah, he likes some it, cash. It, Let's it, go. I agree. It doesn't
2: make sense <laughs> for a lot of teams. It doesn't make sense for a
1: lot of teams. I think everyone's sort of like in the same-ish boat uh, where round 15 is just like death but,
2: but what if to throw the equation what if you're playing for league and the appeal of money is bigger than the appeal of winning next week you've just written that off, yeah, and you're just like if, you, off.
1: if you have like 12 trades or, or more and you need money still yeah go for it why not like yeah you know, that's your time Just to you may as well punt on all these mid prices and see what happens like that's the the, the pleasure you have if, you, if you've waited and saved some trades but I think if you're not I just think as you mentioned with Keith it's the same scenario it's just hard to get in at that price point and that's buy um, because he's also going to like have a significant price rise before buy, buying you can't get him then so yeah it's a tough oh, one
2: I, like I think that's yeah. it look i think they're good points dom to be honest and, and it, it like a lot of things at this point of the year it is really case by case basis um these two names go hand in hand and have done because they're on the bubble at the same time but two really good games from georgie wardlaw and eddie ford what did you think of both of their performances
1: bloody Wardlaw starts off a game like a house on fire, like nine times out of 10. Like he was on 71 points or something at halftime and then cruised on to like 94 for the rest of the game. Um, but he, God, he's good. He's very contested bull. Um, he's not super quick. It, although he caught, he scored that goal in the run in the first quarter, which was delightful to see. Um, but yeah, he tackles, he had nine tackles. Like he's everything you sort of want um, in a super coach player. And I'm glad I actually picked him up early because I don't think I would have got him if I didn't pick him up early. And <laughs> I guess I'm sort of reaping those rewards now for that, fortunately enough. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he's only got more, his ceiling's higher than that, to be honest. Um, which I think sort of makes me potentially want to carry him through his buy as well. well. I think I have to carry through his buy at his price point anyway. Um, but Eddie Ford, mate, he's um, he rolls up the ground really high gets up and gets a lot of possessions and, and really is that link player from North Melbourne and I think it significantly helped them going forward and, and allowed them to sort of transition away from just being constantly in defense so in terms of that 84 he started, sort of started a bit slower in this game and, and really did well in the second half and, and scored well and I'm glad that he did because I sort of want to flip him um, after this week so fingers crossed he puts another 80 up this week he makes us another 60k gets close-ish to the 300 or 280k it would be nice and mean probably flip him at that point anything else to add from, from those?
2: No, I reckon you've absolutely nailed it, and I reckon that pretty well closes out the North Melbourne side. Um, Let's jump across to the Greater Western Sydney um, side of the fence. Uh, Obviously, big game from Toby Green. I've heard his name come into conversations a little bit. Is is he someone that you'd think about as a huge point of difference in the forward Mm. line?
1: Yeah, look, I absolutely would. And it just comes down to, I guess, like our four lines are pretty full though at the moment, like in terms of primos. I feel like there's five lock primos or I guess Gordon sort of giving us a case to get rid of him too. But yeah, I don't mind it. It's just tough with the buy, So it's just a wait and watch and see how he goes this week. And then after the buy, if it's someone you're really keen on, I'd potentially get him in. But he looks really solid. Obviously, he's an absolute goal sneaker and he can get goals from anywhere, which is as to his scoring. And they were just actually rotating him through the midfield a bit as well, which yeah you know you know, it resulted in quite a few clearances for him too and he looked really dangerous in there in a sort of stringer type role but doing it probably better than stringer to be honest and a bit more um a bit, bit of a better tank than him as well so I, I don't mind it that's a good shout i think what what are your thoughts uh look
2: i like it as well he's kind of fun under the radar so he's tunned up six times from his 11 games dom and there's been two other scores in the 90s there as well. Um, the forward line doesn't bat exceptionally deep. It's obviously better than the defense, but if he's your sort of F6, um, or even better if he's sort of your F7, uh, I love it because he's he's so cheap. He, he's he's well priced for the player that he is, and uh, he's proven to be able to impact games and, and score well when he does so. So at 421k, yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a good call. I think he's a good shout.
1: Yeah, I no, don't mind it. Um, and then obviously your man, um, Kieran Briggs, he just looks like a, almost a bona fide ruck at this point point. Um, and, and going through that. He's come in and exploded into the side. I think he started the year probably being at uh, R3 for for the Giants. Um, and once he sort of got that chance this year, he just looks really hungry. And it just sort of looks like mummy's um, just been like a, a literal blueprint of himself on this young man. And, and he, the way he attacks the footy around the contest, he gets a significant amount of clearances each game. He had eight clearances this game out of the ruck. That's wild. You know what I mean? Um, I think if I if I had even... I, said, I sort of said to you, prior to this podcast, if I've got him in the Ruck, I'm almost not even counting his money. I'm almost leaving me in the Ruck until he gives me a reason not to. Like he can go even higher than this as well. So I think I'm almost thinking he's a, a pod in the Ruck that you're going to have all year. Um, and I just can't speak highly enough of him. I'm really disappointed I didn't get him in, but I just didn't have the opportunity to get him on field unless I traded out a Marshall or an English. And it just doesn't make a ton of sense to do that to a, a bit of a gamble, which was Briggs. But I think he's come up ill-house- into what was a really tough ruck matchup with Goldstein. He'd come out on top with the biscuits.
2: Yeah, and he's look, he's playing like someone who has a reserve ruck who's knocking the door down, uh, and that's Matt Flynn, and he's playing really, really well in the twos. So he's got to play well every week if he wants to hold his spot, and I'm not sure is it, you know if he has one bad week, I very much doubt GWS will drop him now given how good he's been in the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, couldn't speak highly enough of him. And, you know, I think there's there's so much there that he does well. He's got so many different ways he can score, and, we, and we're seeing that. Um, and another talking point on the Giants side, these two probably get lumped together a lot as well. Tom Green and Stephen Canelio. Tom Green was shocking. Still got tons of the ball, but just didn't know how to hit a target, which he does sometimes. Um, and Cogs limped his way to a, a low ton, which was you know good to see because it's the first time in a while, but didn't fill me with any confidence whatsoever.
1: Yeah, well, we had enough confidence to, to see the on him, mate, so uh, yeah, <laughs> it still, yeah, still worked yeah. out somehow, but anyway. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people actually traded in Harry Himmelberg too, sort of want to touch on because they have sort of been a, a fair bit of chat and, and it's sort of coming to fruition as well with him being swung into the back line. Um, obviously, his free agency is coming up and they sort of want to keep him and the way they think they can do that is sort of putting him in the back line out of that forward line um, as well and he looked pretty solid, but it, it does get a bit sort of confusing because I think there's a couple of people come back in with um, coming and... And the likes of, of that, and I'm not sure that role is there for him and makes a ton of sense, but is it someone you know, you'd know you consider at all? God, no. I,
2: if yeah. people have traded him in, I don't a know lot what of people, doing, A lot he's of people have. more expensive have. than Toby Green, so that's so stupid.
1: Well, his role is like, the idea is that he's a really good ball user. He's 374K, um, and his break-even is 26 right now. Um, so, like, if you are going to get him in, now's the time to do it, I think. Well, I mean, the buyer's still... Insane, insanely tricky but his role looks significantly better than it ever has been so um one to note if, you, if you're feeling dangerous maybe um but yeah i guess tom green has given me something to think about if i am weighing up trading him because look in my side in my midfield x i don't have Laird and i don't have oliver so am i thinking maybe I, it's just time to get rid of tom green give me that extra player and just flip him up to, to a clary or an oliver um a Clary or a Laird, sorry, um, is, is what I'm potentially thinking. Like, he gets so much of the footy and it's so hard to trade it, someone out who just gets so much of it. But he has just been in a bit of a slump of, of recent times. I'm not sure if Josh Kelly coming back helps that. But, yeah, it's a tough one. Like, I think you're pretty happy sticking fat with him. But I'm sort of on the fence now, to be honest.
2: Yeah, look, just if, if anyone doesn't sort of know how I play Supercoach, my sort of golden rule is, you know, don't luxury trade your premiums until you get to full, full premium because it can be... It can be the reason you don't get there in the end if you do too many of them and um and i try and hold fat as as long as i can some people just don't give you a choice they, they just you know leak so much money that it's a smart decision to get rid of him but that's look that's what i'm sort of looking at i think you just hold and hope it turns around he's capable of turning around at any time any game so just wait and see um and to finalize this game there's probably two other points that i think are really good close offs um so anyone with ryan Angwin, trade him out Um, And anyone who's still got Finn Callaghan, get rid of him as well. I think they're both ready to go. Anything else from you, Dom, before we kick on to the Carlton Essendon game?
1: No, that makes sense to me. Uh, Let's move on.
2: Cool. Um, This was obviously a very pleasurable game for me, Dom. There was uh, what I described as a bit of poetry in the third quarter when uh, Essendon kicked away. It was fantastic. But uh, one of the big talks...
1: Hang on. Before we get into it too much, can I just confirm or not, was this the the game of the, the round, the match of the round? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. You've actually given up the title. Which, which one was, just out of curiosity, before we get into this one in, in more detail?
2: Uh, it was probably the um, the Collingwood-Melbourne game. I think King's birthday uh, is just a big occasion and um, it was a pretty good game in the end.
1: All right, okay. That's fair shout. I'd say Richmond, pretty close second. Um, but all right, let's get into yeah. this game.
2: Cool. Um, <laughs> thank you for interrupting me. Anyway, so we'll start with the blue side, Dom, because um, there's not a lot to talk about. But one guy who we've been... Pretty big on it and mentioned, I think, pretty much every week since we started the pod. Chera did it again. He was fantastic. Knocked out a one thirty two and looked like the only Carlton player who uh, who decided he wanted to be there. You
1: know what's you know what's wild is I've traded in Walsh at six ten k. He's now down to five twenty eight. <laughs> I've lost ninety k on Walsh.
2: Wow, that stings.
1: His break even's one hundred and forty one still.
2: And and for those watching Walsh as well, like. You just don't want to touch him yet, do you? Like you just can't. You touch don't want to
1: touch him. him, and I don't want to trade him because I know he's going to come good. But I just feel like I've just traded him at the worst point possible, which is just sort of basically like I thought he was going to be a forward, wasn't a forward, and then like I traded him and he turns up, and then after that just doesn't, and the next four weeks just drops, 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 and then now now we're here. Now everyone can get him for literally. He might be someone that you could look at for sure to pick up. To be honest, after the buy, I think he's absolutely primed, and he'd be it, at that five hundred k
2: a perfect sideways for a green if he doesn't come good or something I think, like that. I
1: think you have green, you probably want to go up. You know what I mean? You want to go up to a primo, not sideways. But if, you, if you're really strapped, yeah, potentially, I think um, Walsh probably has a higher potential to score um, as well. But yeah, maybe a bit more consistency outside of these last few weeks, unfortunately, for me as an owner. Colton, I guess like there is a few things to sort of note. Obviously, Doc had a bit of a tough game with 77. I think a lot of people sort of got, got him a, back got enough. got a ton of his... the footy
2: though, Dom. Like, he, 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 had an, he had enough to be able to go well. But this is what I don't good. like about Doc. He, he just doesn't always score well even when he gets it, which is why I think there's better options down there.
1: They threw him around. They just, they just throw him everywhere, don't they? Like he's, he's in the back line. He's in the midfield. He's in the forward line. He is all over the ground. Um I still think he played well, and I I wouldn't be too upset. I mean, like I I think a 77 off 27 disposals is a bit ropeable, but it is what it is. Um, And if you have him, obviously, you're sticking fat, but you're probably not looking to get him in, as you mentioned, did you? Like, I think the problem with all these backs is they're sort of giving you excuses not to want to get them, um, which is the issue. In terms of um, Calden, I guess Chincota played again on 52, probably didn't do too much cash generation-wise. Well, Don, if
2: I read you the stat line of 19 disposals and a goal, you're not thinking 52 super coach points, are you? That's pretty low.
1: No, you're not. And like, I guess it, 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 I'm happy about that because look, I traded him out. He made 4.3K. Um, I didn't need his score anyway. It was too low for anything that I used. So happy about the trade out in, in terms of that. And I guess if you held him, you probably obviously got to hold him again this week because you got to break even at 26. We'll make it a little bit more cash on the bench. But it just does make it really hard trades wise this, this week with who the hell can you upgrade? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? All the all the players and all the rookies are making cash still. I think um, the
2: third day edition of the pod, Dom, yeah, is a really, really it, tough one for us. So. Yeah. Yeah, look, we're gonna to have to
1: head to the lab prior to that one, mate, and really get some some statistics out and, and go into detail with, with what options we have. And it, it might be a surprising result at the end of it, but I'm keen kind to of dive into that later on. In terms of the Dons, mate, a, a pretty obviously strong performance from this this young man. He's been lighting the world on fire. He's sort of got that Liam Baker status coming through of, of underrated, um, but he's, he's slowly getting to that level of of rated, isn't he? And that's that's Nick Martin.
2: I'm so interested to, like, if he continues this form, if he doesn't make it into the All-Australian squad, they don't believe in traditional wingmen. Like, they just believe in sort of uh, flicking off mids. But he, uh, he should be in the conversation.
1: I think if we're going to do this conversation, we need another whole podcast because it really does um, piss me off too that they don't play the actual position of players in the AA. It just doesn't make sense when you just see a Libertore out in the wing or something like that. Lastly, on Nick Martin...
2: Nick Martin was in the side that got team of the week somehow. So I don't know how someone has Nick in their team. But look, uh, you obviously got the 1K this week and congratulations to you. He was fantastic. But in terms of super coach, probably not super relevant for us, Dom. One that probably is a little bit more relevant is Jordan Ridley. He topped a ton again. Um, must be noted, Essendon aren't playing the best sides in the world. And, um, and he's being allowed to do what he does best in terms of intercepting the ball. Um, he was pretty good this game. With just 20 disposals, but still topping the ton. Uh, if how's you brought the, um, Ridley in, you'd be feeling good.
1: Yeah, you would be. Just, just go back on, on Nick Martin for a sec. Has the last three weeks, he's gone 120, 129, 139.
2: Yeah, it's actually crazy. <laughs>
1: that's and an average like, of 130 over three weeks. Wow.
2: i go for Essendon and I haven't even noticed that he's been scoring. Is it
1: 531K? Like, yeah, that's wild to me and he's a forward. So, like, he's snuck under the radar for sure. Um, But, yeah, I think back to what you were talking about with, with Ridley. Um, yeah, you probably are happy that, you you know, you traded him in. But he still does scare you with his role. And I just don't trust Essendon to get him in. And I think, you know, if you didn't get him at that 430 price point, you're probably not going to be jumping on, are you? No.
2: Nah absolutely not i think the only reason ridley was at all tempting was his sort of and premium price status and you're exactly right if you didn't get him then you're not going to want him now i'd probably put mason redmond in a similar category he top of time was okay in this game as well um and then the other big talking point in this game was zach merit everyone would have been really really worried with how hard ed kerner rode him in the first half um he wore him like a glove and actually did a great job uh on merit and then Bit of a masterstroke by Scotty to fling him forwards. Uh, he got the first goal of the third quarter and um, and set up probably another two or three from there. I think he had like seven or eight score involvement. So
1: he, a master he, show.
2: He willed himself to a ton, although he wasn't meant to get there. He only had it eighteen times. Um, you know, really impressed that he he managed to make a, a decent game in in tough conditions
1: does worry you though doesn't it when you get like someone that's always getting tagged in and like once a tag works once other coaches see that blueprint and sort of follow it um but yeah i, I fingers crossed he doesn't get tagged um in, in the next game but i don't i don't goes. really
2: know why carlton dropped the tag i think like the, yeah. the theory is when you're really negative with the way you go about tagging someone you sort of prevent yourself from be able, like being able to really win the clearances and you know, they obviously didn't pay off well with Don's going bananas in the third quarter. But yeah, hopefully not a blueprint. Hopefully we see Parrish and Shield back soon, and he gets some support in there. And then it makes it a little bit harder in terms of who you tag.
1: Yeah, I guess another you know, thing, Essendon obviously look way better with Peter Wright in the side. Um, a bit of a forward target. Goes wonders. to say, um, two
2: meter Peter, mate. Great. Cheer. Oh,
1: what a good nickname that is. Um, <laughs> but I think that's pretty much it for this game. Uh, Supercoach relevancy wise, there's not too much. To talk about get us to the
2: king's birthday, mate. Talk to me. Get
1: us there, beautiful, mate. The the match of the round, um, you've you've dubbed it. It was a really exciting game of footy. It sort of felt like, I guess. Collingwood were on top early, didn't it? Like They they started off like a house on fire like they normally do um, and then Melbourne sort of slowly wrestled back the momentum but it ended up in a... Um, just Melbourne just being a little bit too strong for them. despite Collingwood putting a late comeback on and almost winning the game with um, Nick Dacos kicking a late goal, allowed them 20 seconds or 30 seconds to kick one more goal to win the game but just couldn't quite get the job done. In terms of super Coach, a fair bit to chat about in terms of relevancy here and, and I guess a lot of lower scores uh, to touch on but one who I sort of wanted to... Just just chat about first and some of Collingwood's size, Tom Mitchell, mate, like he sort of has gone under the radar too in terms of premium status and one we sort of don't think about when we have Collingwood, it's always about Nick cost. But, gee, Tom Mitchell is actually a sneaky, sneaky good this year. Is he someone you'd even consider?
2: Well, I think we had that podcast where we sort of went through mid-prices um, a while ago. We mentioned Jordan Ngoi and Tom Mitchell in the same phrase. I think Tom Mitchell is aided by Jordan Ngoi being out of the side because he gets um, – a lot more time to sort of play that key mid role but yeah look I think he's someone that you should think about um, particularly if you're looking at value picks Uh, I I love the way Tom Mitchell goes about it again we've sort of spoken about it a few times in terms of he needs like 40 touches to do anything Mm -hmm. he got 30 and 10 tackles so there's your 40 for you right there
1: Yeah, it does worry when you have players that are like that, a super handball heavy. Obviously, each game you're always going to see the handball column outweighing the kick column for him. Um, I think he had 19 handballs, 11 kicks, um, and then like I, I do, I do like him as a pod. To be honest, I don't think many people are going to have him. Um, I think he is can be uber consistent there as well. And The other one to note as well, I guess, is, is Darcy Cameron, probably arguably the the toughest ruck matchup that you can have as a ruck is Melbourne. Um, he sort of stood up pretty well, didn't win too many hit outs, but obviously contested well around the ground. Put up 92. He's one to probably keep an eye on for F6. I'm thinking X, and he's someone that potentially is in my plans. Um, but then I guess Fife has sort of changed that a little bit potentially for me too. But would you be considering getting big DK in or DKM? Well, Just like I think.
2: A, it's lucky he can get a hold of the football because he only had 13 hit-outs, which is pretty yeah. pretty average for a Ruckman. But yeah, I think he was sort of sitting there with like a, a Marshall Darcy Um, combination, you're probably factoring Cameron because of the injury likelihood to to one of those so that you can sort of, you know, swing that if you need to. But it's just, it's so team dependent. I I don't hate the shout of Cameron. Um, Unfortunately, I think the forward line is actually a bit more stacked with McRae getting that status. So there are some good picks down there now.
1: Yeah. And you know what worries me, I guess, about Cameron? Like, I think he's pretty much at the lowest point. He has been all year. Um, But then you look at the next three matchups he has post-buy. He's got uh, Riley O'Brien. Pretty tough matchup. Yeah, you've, tough. Got, you've got wits. It's pretty tough. You've got English. Pretty tough. And then you've probably got Sean Darcy as well. Um, so And then Lysette even if Lysette's still playing as well. So that, that just to me screamed like a horrible run in the rug <laughs> in terms of hit out. So yeah, I guess that's one to consider as well. Um, if you are sort of trading him in, you're probably relying on him him doing quite well around the ground and, and not being so much hit out uh, reliant.
2: No, I think that's... Um... Actually, a really good shout from you, Dom, in terms of um, how he's going to look in the next few weeks. So maybe lower the expectations a little bit for those people out there, because it it can be tough when you are coming up against the Premier Rucks in the competition to score well. Um, Another talking point in this one, Dom, was Christian Petrarca. You obviously had the captaincy on him. You'd be a little bit disappointed. How did you sort of see his game and is he someone we have to worry about a little bit?
1: Nah, don't have to worry about him at all, mate. He just had an absolute nightmare with kicking efficiency. Like He could not hit a kick to save himself. I think he was running around at 11% kicking efficiency at this game at one point, um, which was really ticking me off. And it got to a point where like he would miss a kick, so he would just stop taking kicks and just start hand-passing everything, which just doesn't give you the points that you need, especially when you got the, the captaincy on him, um, which I did, which is sort of why I was stressed out about it um, as well. I think he pretty much had like three or four shots on goal or Chances at goals um, which, which all missed as well I think he had a couple of holding ball decisions which were non-calls one of them was actually like uh, in the back which I thought was absolutely dreadful which I reckon is about a 10 point swing around which would have potentially got him to 105 um, which which hurt me significantly as well late in the last quarter in, in the clutch time where the points are scaled up too but yeah not one to worry about it's just a, a down week from him I think Clary coming back is actually going to significantly help him because he, he was basically in and under getting the first use of the ball and hair passing to the outside of Viney and Salem and, and Brayshaw. And now if we can look at potentially track, uh, Clary coming back in, Chuck can actually be the one exploding from the contest more often than not and getting those points from kicks, fingers crossed.
2: Let's hope that's the way it goes. And, um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing Clary run around. Hopefully he gets named next week. It's um, the one that sort of remains to be seen. Another talking point, Harvey Harrison played his second game, put up 59. He was okay. Uh, probably not someone I'm really looking at hard. Is he something you'd consider? He's on the um, He's on the bubble this week.
1: Obviously got the buy this week, Um, but yeah, I think it's it's one to consider for sure. Um, It is a tough side to sort of remain in the top 22, although that's for sure. Um, And then you think post buy they're probably coming back with a few ins as well. So I think it's obviously a wait and watch and we'll get to see, um, we'll have the luxury of seeing if he's selected in the side or not um, next week.
2: Cool, mate. Is there anyone else you wanted to touch on for this game? Are you pretty happy to end it there?
1: No, I think that's pretty much a wrap. We've obviously extended on and chatted a fair bit about this round. I think I'm really excited for what Thursday is and what that's going to look like trade wise uh, and really going to be in detail about options that that we can offer and and rookies that we can trade in and things like that. So I think I'm really excited for the teams on Thursday, run through those and trade options. Um, And again, obviously through the week, if you guys wanted to send in your team, we'll we'll run through some trade options at Subcoach spotlight, underscore spotlight, Um, send in your teams and we'll give you some options and what we're doing if we were in your scenario X um, I think there's also an email address there X, do you know what that is off the top of your, address? Uh, off, off the I top of your head I
2: believe at gmail.com for all those dinosaurs out there that do not have Instagram or maybe you're just taking a break from social so I won't throw all of you in the same box uh, and lastly Dom a bit of homework for you I want you to think about what challenge we could throw ahead next obviously we've ticked off the chilly one with you uh, running the gauntlet today and doing a great job to get through things um, but looking forward to I guess spitballing some ideas on Thursday.
1: Yeah, look, I think we are going to have to roll through a few options of what the next punishment will be, um, and we'll see how we go. Hopefully, next time, it's not me um, completing it, fingers crossed. But thanks for thanks for tuning in, guys. It was, it was a great potty and it was a great week of footy, and keen to chat more on Thursday. Cheers.